And the final segment of the program where we talk about some unusual, quirky news stories. To join me in, in this, I have on the line Errol Smith. G'day, Errol. G'day, David. And g'day, Brian. G'day, David. And I start with a story about Ford. They say a fresh face of Ford will emerge in a new advertising. And what it does is it links the unexpected achievements of Australians to the company's surprising leap to become a leading innovator. I'm not quite sure what Ford's doing, but they seem to be cashing in on a number of inventive young Australians. I'll give you one example. Yasmin Abdel Magid uh, grew up in Brisbane. She's an oil rig mechanical engineer, social advocate, writer and petrolhead, as well as a UN youth ambassador, and she founded Youth Without Borders. Great person, but I have no idea how you can in any way relate that to Ford. Gentlemen, am I on my own here or what? Uh, David, well, I, I suppose uh, Ford's use oil and she works on an oil rig. <laughs> so I guess there's a, there's a tenuous link there. But uh, they, they seem to be trying to sort of get these um, successful, you know, successful basically kids um, or teenagers at least and, and trying to equate their success with Ford's even though with, ex- with one exception they don't work for Ford. Except for, yeah. except for whatever they got paid to be in the ads. Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and Brian, you, you would agree? Well, yeah, I, I, I sort of, I guess they're trying to draw some um, parallel between their, their innovation and, um, uh, and these people's uh, rebadging of themselves, perhaps, David, as, as different I people. Think- you like Brittany Beatty from Yeah, well, Brittany Beatty at least um, was someone who drove something, so uh, she's a, a bobcat driver. But she became, a, you know, a, went on the 2015 series of Australia's Next Top Model. So, again, I think here what this is badge engineering. She's, um, <laughs> she's changed her badge. And uh, yes. then, of course, Ben Pasternak, he's another fella. He was a schoolboy who became an app developer. So, you yes, know. because he got bored in class. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so isn't he sending the message that the education system <laughs> is uh, a waste of time? I think you're right, David. That these are tenuous, uh, tenuous connections. And uh, uh, my question, of course, is: Did Ford give all of these people Fords? You know, like, huh? is, were they paid? Yeah. Did they? Do they now? Are they Ford brand ambassadors? Do we know? Mm. Are they all, are they all ambassadors driving around in Ford vehicles, and they're not allowed to drive any other more a brand of car? Yeah. And look, how innovative is Ford anyway? I mean, really, um, sure, they're the, the the only car manufacturer left standing, pretty much. But um, again, a lot of as Errol pointed out what? earlier, a lot of the vehicles are not you know they're masters, aren't they? Yes. Uh, well, the the other thing is they claim that they're going to become the only company in Australia who can still fully design and develop vehicles. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what that means to Holden and Toyota. I was talking to Toyota today, and they were saying the very thing that there is, um, uh, you know, they've got engineers still here in Australia and design studios and so on that. Yeah. Uh, are helping with it. Perhaps mm. the word fully designed might be what Ford's playing yeah. on. But the link to it, in, in the near future, you know, we're, we're going to get an all-new Everest, the all-new Mustang. Well, we've got the Everest about to come. Um, I just don't see how that relates to someone like Dwayne Martins uh, of the eastern suburb, who is a CEO and founder of Amazonia a company started at 22 years of age after dropping out of university. Here's the theme. <laughs> Yeah, mm, it's the yeah, theme. Yeah. Fail Dro- first time. 
<laughs> if at first you don't succeed, well, get a Ford. <laughs> well, actually, that actually mirrors the first Falcon in Australia. It was not a great success at all, and they had to hurriedly uh, redo it. So perhaps, perhaps that's what they're building on. Yes. Well, but, but they, they, they claim they're developing vehicles in Australia, and I, I was wondering what they really meant by that. I mean, did they mean helping Mazda design the next BT50, which will, which will be made in Thailand? <laughs> uh, their $300 million local investment in R&D and uh, uh, will become the country's largest car employer from 2017 with around 1,500 highly skilled employees. So apparently they are getting into it in some regard, but uh, it seems to be. Next week we'll talk about brand ambassadors, gentlemen. Yeah, well, I guess and, at uh, least, David, they've drawn our attention to some successful Australians, successful mm. young Australians. And good luck to them, indeed. Perhaps that's a nice thing. Brian, you have a, a story of evangelists. Oh, David, it's a story about religion and transport, really, a couple of them. Oh. The first one, um, uh, police are needing to get a little bit uh, imaginative about um, uh, stopping people from talking on their cell phones or, or, use, or texting while they're driving. And uh, uh, they, they've turned to religion. They haven't prayed for it to stop or anything like that or or uh, made sermons, but what they've done is they've, um, they've put people out on the streets posing as evangelists with uh, sort of uh, repent and the end is near signs um, to, to look at people driving past and uh, ping them if they're using their phones. So one example, um, uh, this uh, young woman, a woman who, whose um, former brother-in-law actually was uh, killed in a crash caused by a texting driver she was caught um because her 14 year old daughter wanted to her to take a picture of this beggar um or the or the not a rather not a beggar but a uh, what they thought was a fire and brimstone preacher a fake street evangelist who turned out to be a cop um mm. and of course um uh, turning now to uh a part of uh washington district where um the uh, a church has decided that um, a bike lane would infringe their religious freedom and it infringes it by preventing some of their worshippers from parking outside the church. <laughs> this is amazing. Let's, let's start with the, uh, the repent and the evangelist. I think it suits an evangelist, isn't it? They're sort of being very self-righteous, condemning a person who's doing wrong. I just wonder if you, if you offered to say three Hail Marys instead of paying a fine. <laughs> mm. Would, would they let you get I, off? I, I think the, the morale of the story, obviously, is don't listen to your nagging teenager. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if the, uh, if the fine that the mum has to pay will be taken out of the, the pocket money as a teenager. <laughs> yeah, or, or just put it in the collection box. You did say that they, they might pray for the person. The, the other thing is I think the American police have their own version of laying on of hands. <laughs> that they might... <laughs> <laughs> oh. I guess okay. this is where the Cain and Abel story comes in. I suspect yes. too. Yes, <laughs> yes this, is, this is a smile for the entrapment camera, isn't it? Well, yes. they claim it's not entrapment because they weren't encouraging them to do the activity. They were only catching them doing it. Yeah, well, in fact, exactly. one, of the supporting, uh, one of the supporting cops had a, uh, was pretending to be a panhandler, so he had a sign... And his sign, instead of reading, you know, homeless need money, read, I am not homeless, um, police looking for seatbelt cell phone violations. <laughs> I guess 
it prevented him, in a sense, from making a bit of money on the side, though, as he was sitting there yeah. with his hat out in front <laughs> yes. of him. <laughs> you know, are there other professions? A baker? They could then throw a cream pie in your face well, or something? Look, you David, know? the obvious one comes to me is the people who wash your windscreen at the traffic lights. Yes. They could make okay. themselves even more irritating by <laughs> fining you for using your mobile phone. <laughs> so instead of you winding the window up so you don't have to give them two dollars you've got to wind it down and they slip a, a, a bluey through the window <laughs> look at your license with a, a twenty dollar bill underneath yeah and this uh, religious group uh, that were the, the the united house of prayer i just wonder who they're united with given that they're trying to uh, discourage a bike lane because it uh, goes against their right for freedom of religion. Uh, It's a fairly long stretch as far as I'm concerned. I I suspect if Jesus were around today, he was more likely to ride a bike than than drive to church. It was a long bow. Um, The problem was that they get a lot of cars parking at this church and the city seems to informally allow them to park... um, uh, sort of a knotted, like a bit of an angle parking along out front of the church. The proposal yeah, so was for a protected cycle lane, which would have been like we see in Sydney, you know, with uh, curbing that were prevented cars. Ah, yes, okay. Uh, of course, I, I'm a little worried that they have a strong faith as long as they don't have to walk too far. Yes, that's not but very they, tough faith. No, but uh, th- th- what about people with disabilities, I thought? You know, maybe they need to be park near it. But then again, perhaps they should just pray for healing. Yeah. <laughs> <They> should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that could be, uh, you know, uh, cast away your stick and walk yes. sort of thing or walk slightly <laughs> further or cast, no, away, cast away your stick and carpool. Cast away your SUV and and walk to church. (laughs) Well, look, this is, I think, it's a case more of render unto Caesar because the city here determines um, what happens on the road. I I think we could uh, have a lot of fun with a few biblical verses for them. Uh, Is it against religious freedom for you to be charged to use public transport to go to work, to a church? What about, um, you know, uh, even... Yeah, yeah, the, the government taking anything from your car, you know, registration or a petrol tax. What if you use it to go to church? Are you being restricted in that way? Maybe. They don't pay any Sorry. tax anyway. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the organisations don't there. Brian, you were going to say? I was going to say perhaps Jesus might have driven out the motor rego <laughs> officers. <laughs> Why, do they collect it in church? I know, sorry. Yeah, get now, the now if you have to park a little way away, you might actually have to walk through a community. And you and you, know, you might meet a tramp or someone else that you feel uncomfortable with. Yeah. Now, this could impede your divine thoughts, so of course it would be against your religious freedom. No, they should turn the cheek and, and give, give everything they have to the poor. Yes. This is the country that has had drive-through churches, so perhaps... We might understand where it's coming from. Errol, a story of safety of yes. sorts. Yes, well, two, two Mexicans have come to a powdery end in northern Mexico after turning their car into a transport vehicle for the illegal white variety of cargo. Unfortunately, they sacrificed safety for storage by removing the passenger airbag so they could squeeze in 25 kilos of cocaine into the dash. They had a bad crash and uh, they were taken to hospital, but unfortunately didn't survive. 
I actually think they should mix the two, an airbag with some cocaine in it. Then if you have an accident, you don't feel bad about it. Well, <laughs> well, well not I was for a while. Say, yeah, anyway. they, 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 they did go out on a high, so it's not all bad. <laughs> you might want to keep having crashes, though. You're always looking for the feeling you had the first time you crashed. <laughs> yes. You've got to have a bigger hit. <laughs> That's right. That's why I need to hit a truck now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 karma in this case, really, uh, isn't it? With a yes. with a K, yeah, but, it uh, is. Yes. It doesn't work well all the time. But I was talking to someone today who said that they heard that if you could build a car without the safety features, it would weigh about six hundred kilograms. Gosh, they yeah. they now weigh about two to three two, times two tons. Mm. or more. Well, the safety yeah, features um, all in the reinforcing and the. Where else could you put it? If you put it in the muffler, of course, it'd spray out and, I guess, make potentially more addicts. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> hubcaps is always uh, a favourite, but they have the chance of popping off. And not many cars have hubcaps these days. These days. Uh, well, if you're a cocaine dealer, you have mag wheels. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, true. That's yes, true. And the boot, obviously, a- is full of machine guns. No room yeah, in or there. Or dead, dead bodies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about the tyres? That's a fantastic idea, David. So instead of having them fill with air, you could fill them with the uh, drug. Uh, yes. It'd be a fairly hard ride, but... Um, they'd, they'd run flat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or under the force bonnet scoop or anywhere that uh, is absolutely useless on a car, like yeah. well, like the wing on the back of a, a th- front-wheel drive um, car. I thought filling these, the seats, you know, digging out the foam and filling it with... Uh, yes. Oh, fantastic idea. Of course, though, yeah. you want to keep it dry. You don't want the dog get it, get it up on there. Baby the, to spill, the, spill its drink. If the drug-sniffing dog jumped up, you could say, get that dog off the seat. Get it off the <laughs> I couch. I guess we, we don't need a cup holder. We need, we need a Coke holder. So. A Coke <laughs> Brian, you have a story. Well, David, we had some religious freedom before, and this is about freedom of speech. And it's such an interesting story that the New York Liberal, uh, Civil Liberties Union um, uh, announced today uh, a legal victory on behalf of a man who was arrested in a town called Liberty, New York. There's so many layers to this story. Um, he, he was protesting a speeding ticket that he got there. And um, so he got sprung speeding. He accepted it. He paid the fine. But on the fine, he wrote uh, some pretty strong language. I won't say it yes. and I won't even bleep it out because it's pretty hard. Along the lines of bleep your bleep town bleep. He wrote yes. it on the ticket. And uh, when he sent it in, unfortunately, the court didn't see the amusing side and they didn't see the free speech side. They thought this was abusive. So they actually um, got him to come in and they arrested him, handcuffed him. They uh, basically, he ended up having to pay uh, some bail. And unfortunately, the charges were then thrown out. Um, The judge saying that no citation is necessary for this court to determine that the language under the circumstances here offensive as it is, is protected. So I've got a bit of a problem. This young man is crowing. He's, uh, he's sort of in his early 20s and he's, he's crowing about his um, uh, having his rights infringed and winning. You know, his, his mm. rights are protected. But look, I think um, you know, what he said was infringing the rights of the people who had to process his fine. So yes. it's a bit of a mm. difficult one. I, I don't believe anyone um, ought to go to work and receive the sort of abuse that he wrote on this ticket. Yes. Yes, if you so, were a so, boss who said it to a person, you would uh, be in uh, a tough situation, mm, understandably so and rightly. He's basically saying, you know? it's my First Amendment right to swear at whoever I want about anything I like. 
Well, yeah. I mean, is is I mean, performance is speech, right? So, so uh, you know, you have free speech in terms of art and and um, performance. So he could argue, I suppose, that speeding is a form of free speech. He's saying I'm expressing my love of speed and hatred of laws, and so they may well have infringed his free speech by fining him in the first place for speeding. The village of Liberty, they have said uh, the ruling was that uh, perhaps the actual village must stand trial on claims that it had failed to adequately train its police officers about the First Amendment. Yes. Oh, my Lord. You know, this, I love this uh, village of liberty. It must be full of hothead people claiming constitutional freedoms. <laughs> and, and, of course, a lo- a, in tow with that would be a lot of lawyers. You know, that would be a, 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 rich, a yes. rich vein to be mined in that regard. Yeah, but so what happens if you have uh, abusive language that you don't allow on television between certain hours when children may be watching? Do they not have First Amendment rights until they turn 18? They I've do, David, and I think uh, they are infringing the rights of the television advertisers to, uh, you know, to have the whatever programs they'd like. Errol? Mm. Mm. Well, I, I thought it was interesting that they contended that police officers who enforce the law should also be responsible for knowing it. Seems fair. It hasn't been that case before. I yes, mean, it, seem, it uh, seems fair in practice. Now? But if you think about how every politician is constantly making a new law against something, I don't know how any police officer keeps up with every single law that exists. It would be impossible. It would be hard. The other thing is, inter- you know, what is the law? And the law is open to interpretation. Mm. I would have thought they had a reasonable grounds to suggest there's, there's an obscenity or an attack on a person. Um, and, and, you know, m- maybe they were heavy-handed uh, in, in cuffing them and whatever, mm. but... But still, uh, he claims, uh, Barbosa's the young man's name, he claims that uh, he harmlessly expressed his frustration and that he mm. feels that uh, by standing up, he hopes that other Americans won't be treated like criminals for complaining about their government. He's not complaining about the government, he's just expressing his frustration at getting pinged, isn't he? Yes. I mean, he's, yes. he's making this a lot more noble than it really is. He's just a bully and a rude prick, isn't he, really? Yes. Well, the, the reality is he never challenged the government. No. He merely abused it. Mm. He scratched mm. out the word uh, liberty in the village of liberty uh, letterhead and replaced it with tyranny. Tyranny, because because <laughs> he had to pay they actually fight. caught you for breaking the law. He needs his yes. bottom kicked by one of those old-fashioned coppers. Maybe not like <laughs> yes. the Roger Rogerson-style coppers, but you know, maybe some of those fine, upstanding old-fashioned coppers. Yes, yes. Clip over the ear. Clip over the ear. All right, gentlemen, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, David. No worries, David. Brian Smith and Errol Smith talking some quirky news, and they'll be with us again next week. <laughs> 